Welcome to my corner of the internet. In this space, we go deep on entrepreneurship, motherhood, spirituality, and where the three intersect. I'm your host, Nicole Joy. I'm a serial digital course creator, author, podcaster, energy healing practitioner, one three self-projected projector if you speak human design, mentor, mother to three of the best people on the planet, and yeah, I'm biased, birth nerd, breast explant warrior, C-section mom, V-back, and home birth warrior. Oh, and I'm a huge, huge fan of 90s R&B. Thank you for letting me in your ear. Before we start, you should know that there's several different ways that you can work with me as your mentor, as your coach, as your guide. So if you vibe with me and if you resonate with the way that I think about and my perspective on business, on motherhood, on spirituality, and the intersection of all of these categories of life, there are various ways that we can work together. So there's a link in the show notes that will take you to all of my current offerings. And if you have any questions or you're not sure what's right for you, reach out to me. I'm easy to find on the interwebs. You can send me an email. You can send me an Instagram DM, and I can't wait to hear from you. Happy New Year and welcome back. Last year at this time, I did an episode, episode 160, if you want to go back and listen, on alternatives to the Gregorian calendar. So January 1st being your new year to recap if you don't really feel that push New Year energy planning, hitting the ground running vibe, it's because we're still in winter, okay? In the Northern Hemisphere, we are still feeling like we are wintering. And there's a lot of alternatives that make much more sense than the IRS rules of January 1st. In my world, it's quite all right if you haven't yet done all the things for New Year that we see all over social media and that the whole world is preaching and the gyms are packed. And what's far more important to me than working out on January 1st is how I love on my body, how I show up for my body and care for my body consistently throughout the years, right? And with that same energy, what's more important to me than goal setting on January 1st is moving with intention in my business and in my life consistently throughout the years. Having said all of that, what I want to offer you at the beginning of this new calendar year is a little bit of a different perspective and something for you to ponder for yourself. So I was doing face yoga yesterday. I've been trying to do that more consistently again, right? I go through ebbs and flows as we do as humans. So I'm back into it. I had a lot of stress over the holiday season. I'm okay, but like I experienced a lot of stress. My skin was feeling it. So I'm back at loving and nurturing my skin. So there's part of face yoga By the way, I'm no face yoga expert, but there's part where you do this thing called fascia rolling. And if you've never seen what it looks like, I'm not going to do it on my face because I just did my makeup and I don't want to screw it up. But I'm going to do it down here because I don't have makeup down here. So effectively, fascia rolling is where you grab. And if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, you won't be able to see it. But what I'm doing is taking my fingertips of my pointer and my thumb and grabbing my skin on my neck and rolling it gently, rolling it up. And then if I didn't have makeup on, like 5.30 in the morning when I usually do this, I go all the way up the side of my face. When the instructor is describing fascia rolling, which feels glorious, by the way, if you've never done it, she says that the reason we roll the fascia is to create space for your circulation to flow more easily, for more circulation to the face. Commercial break. HoneyBook. I've got to tell you about HoneyBook. So I know what you might be thinking, just because I have an online business and a podcast and I do a lot of this myself, that it must be super tech savvy. I'm not. I'm an elder millennial 
self-taught on all things technology. And one of the things that I found incredibly difficult in terms of technology is one of the big CRM systems when I first got into this business. CRM is client relationship management, by the way, meaning you can send contracts, get virtual signatures, you can send invoices, and lots of other things. The big one that rhymes with Tupsado, but starts with a D, I just could not get past the level of difficulty and complexity. So when somebody introduced HoneyBook to me, they had me at the option of doula when you're entering your information and you enter the kind of services that you provide. So for several years now, I've been using HoneyBook as my client relationship management system where I send contracts, send invoices, and manage those one-on-one private client relationships. My affiliate link is in the show notes. I would love it if you'd give it a trial run and see if you'd like it. And if you do, let me know. If you have any questions, as always, reach out. So it got me thinking about birth and pregnancy because like, how could I not? I'm forever birth nerd. And specifically about Webster certified chiropractic care during pregnancy. And I remember when I was pregnant with my second, it was the first time I saw a chiropractor. And I remember having this conversation with her about what I had read about Webster certified chiropractors. And she said, we don't help you go into labor. We don't help baby get into position. Like that's not my intention of making adjustments on you. And if you're in the birth world, you may have variations of beliefs about this and no judge. Hang in here with me for the example. She said, our intention, my intention in doing these adjustments on you is to create space in your womb so that your baby can move and ideally move into an optimal laboring position to create space for movement, for flow during labor. Because when we're talking about a space the size of a womb, right, which is not super big, it's it's big, but it's tight if you have a larger baby, of which I do grow larger babies. So my womb space is tight at the end. So when the chiropractor makes the adjustment and she creates a little bit of space, I went to a woman, when she created just a little bit of space, it allowed for more movement, right? Because there was one point in my near the end of my pregnancy with my second where my baby was not in optimal position. And something like chiropractic care helped create space so that she could move. Idea being that creating space, whether it's via Webster certified chiropractic care during pregnancy to help allow for the baby to more easily move during labor, or if we're creating space in your face via fascia rolling so that your circulation can more freely flow. The other example that came to mind, I interviewed my client actually a couple of days ago, the episode is going to be coming out next week. We worked together a little more than half of the year, right? And we talked about how a few months in, she reached this point where she was doing so much to work toward her goals. And we made a decision to look at her calendar and strip back some of the doing and test out what it would look like to remove some of the do things on her calendar and on her list and create space and have this more leaning back receptive testing period to see how she feels so that she doesn't burn herself out because she was working so hard doing so much that she was very quickly burning out. And so this was in October and it was really cool to watch what happened in that month and the months following that. So starting in October is when we did this. And so October, November, December, what she experienced, I'm actually going to wait and let you watch the episode next week to hear real life example of what it looks like to create space. So for her, we did it on her calendar 
And for you, this might not look like clearing up your calendar, but what does this look like for you? What can you get rid of? What can you reduce? What can you trim back? The other example that I want to think of, this episode is like full of these glorious examples. So the other episode is my tomato plant on my tower garden. So if you've been following me on social media for any amount of time, you know that I'm a really crappy gardener. I did not inherit the gene from my mother. I'm working on it though. So I got this tower garden like a little over two years ago and I've had a few successes and quite a few flops. Right now, my tomato plant is going wild on the tower garden. I have found an optimal location and I kind of set it and forget it. I wandered out there a few months ago and saw this huge bush and I'm like, what the hell is all this weeds? And when I got in and started looking around and poking around, I saw these little green cherry tomatoes beginning to form. So I post the picture to this Tower Garden Facebook group of the, I mean, the leaves were flowing off of this Tower Garden, hanging all over the ground. It was massive and it, it grew like a weed. So some of the advice from these much more experienced and better gardeners was to prune, which if you're not in the gardening world, is to cut back the, the branches and then to also trim the root system. So a tower garden operates with a pump inside of this um, water reservoir at the bottom. And with that size of a tomato plant, people were saying that there's very likely a ridiculously long root system that could blow your motor. It will completely wrap around the pump and blow out the pump because it's constantly pumping water through the machine. It's on a timer, so I think it's every 12 minutes. It pumps a little bit of water through to the roots of all the plants. And I was kind of like, what? Like cut back these beautiful branches and these trees. There's flowers on some of them, which flowers turn into the tomatoes and cut off the roots. Like, isn't that going to kill the plant? And it shows how little I know, right? And I kind of felt like, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I've effed this up before. It's okay if I eff it up again. So I went in and took my scissors. I trimmed the out of this tree, out of this plant. So here was the other thing. It was covering the tower garden has layers, right? It was covering a broccoli sprout. It was not yet fruiting, but it was covering this broccoli thing. It was so big that the broccoli that was growing underneath was getting no sun because it was so shaded. And interestingly, when I started to trim back and prune this tomato bush and the root system, I cut the root system that I cut out was larger than my hand. I have a photo that I shared to social media. I'm going to have to share it again when this episode airs. I cut all this stuff thinking this is all going to die. And it was wrapping around the pump. It surely would have killed. I thought it would have blown the pump. So I ripped all this stuff out. I trimmed the plant all the way back, very careful not to cut the branches off that had the flowers, which would ultimately turn into tomatoes. And when I did that, direct sun started to hit the broccoli. And what I noticed over the next few weeks is that it produces so many more tomatoes. And The broccoli plant has grown so large. So it was probably this big. And if you're listening, not watching, I would say five inches at the time that before I trim back the bush. Right now, a few months later, it hasn't yet given me broccoli, but it is the leaves are larger than my hands. Like if I put my two hands together and create almost like a bowl, that's what the broccoli is starting to look like. And I remember somebody telling me in that Facebook group, The root system is going to kill your pump. You need to get rid of the root system. Also, you need to trim back. Part of why we're pruning for, I don't know if this is specific to the tower garden um, or if this would work if you're growing like in one of the raised plant beds. Part of why they suggested pruning 
is because the water with the nutrients, right? So the water in the reservoir, we put nutrients that I buy from Tower Garden into the water to create an ideal pH scenario for the plants. So what they're saying is before pruning, a lot of those leaves and those branches that don't have flowers are taking up the nutrients. They're sucking up the nutrients that could be going to the branches that have flowers that will become tomatoes. So in pruning, I'm also helping more of the nutrients flow toward the more fruitful branches. And I felt like this was such a great example of what I'm talking about here with trimming back. And so as we are moving into this new calendar year, whatever day you're listening to this, it doesn't have to be a new year thing. Anytime you're listening to this, look around your life, look around your business, look around any category that you feel stagnant. We are meant to be in movement. We are meant to be flowing and expanding. And so if you, in any category of your life, aren't moving, aren't expanding, what can you release to create space for what you actually want and to create space for the energy to flow? Whether that energy is nutrients in a tomato plant or a baby in the womb during labor or circulation in your face via fascia rolling. And the last episode that I put out at the end of 2023 included a healing transmission to help you create space and heal and remove the pieces, the energies from your business in 2023 to create space for your desires, right? And that's very much what we're talking about. If we are calling in new desires, we need space for them to flow in. We need space for them to come in. If you want new clothes, you may need to create space in your closet. If my kids want new toys during the holidays, they may need to create space in their playroom. And those are a few examples of the very physical and very practical examples of what I'm talking about. This applies energetically as well. My challenge to you is as you're thinking about your 2024 desires, let's do that. I'm not a fan of resolutions. I'm not sure how I feel about goal setting. Sometimes goal setting can feel a little bit limiting to me, but I can get behind desire setting. So as you look at your 2024 desires, where can you create space what are the things that you're moving into a new year, new season, or really any time that you can remove and clear? And if we're talking energetics, can you heal and you can utilize? I have loads of expansion principle healing meditations in my portals. If you're a member of my courses, log in. There's probably a guided healing meditation that will help you create space for whatever the desire is. And then if you want a little bit more information on these principles, go back to the next episode because I gave a lot of examples on how to create space in your physical environment, in your digital environment. And then I created that new tool for you to energetically create space from last year. And from this point moving forward, my recommendation is to find tools that speak to you, whether they're energy healing modalities or other types of tools to help you release what you don't need and what isn't helpful to create a clear path for you to move forward toward your desires, whether that's with me or with somebody else. I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you soon. Okay, so what'd you think? Since words of affirmation are my love language, no, I'm just kidding. I don't really do love languages because I, I like all of them. But the truth is that recognition and feeling seen and heard lights me all the way up. I'm a projector. If you don't know about human design, now you know a little something. 20% of the population are projectors and we light all the way up when we feel seen, recognized, heard, 
And so by you giving me feedback, whether that's a rating, a review, a subscribe, sending me a note, letting me know if this episode resonated, it actually lights me up and it gives me more energy and juice to keep going and bring you more. Plus, I'm forever grateful to hear your feedback for how my work is helping you. So, you know, do all the things, subscribe, rate, review, and I can't wait to hear from you.